Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast, to Stephen Runs Vegan. Today on the show, I wanted to talk just a little bit about travel. This is not going to be a long, detailed episode, maybe. Especially traveling as a vegan. In a later episode, I might give a more useful guidebook about how to travel as a vegan, the the rules, the do's and don'ts, the more general things. Today I'm just going to talk a bit about my experiences. One of my favorite things to hear, or one of my favorite myths to bust, I should say, is that when people tell me, oh, it's not easy going to place X as a vegan. I've heard that about several trips I've been on, and it's always been proved wrong, and I really enjoy it. Not in a rub-it-in-your-face kind of way, but Someone warned me about uh, Croatia when I went there, for example, saying how much meat the locals eat and it's all eggs and cheese and there's nothing for vegans. And I had a great food experience in Croatia. For example, for the most part, we stayed in a couple of large towns. We stayed in Split, and that's quite a large town. It's one of the top five biggest cities in Croatia, I would say. And we were fortunate there in that there were, you know, vegetarian and vegan restaurants in the town, or at least other restaurants with a variety. There was like a health food store which sold a lot of uh, vegan friendly things. So when I'm traveling in a big city, you know, we enjoyed the vegan restaurants. So we, we, we dined really well. It was you know cuisine. It was a bit more expensive. It was fine dining, really enjoyable. And then for the other part of the trip, we stayed in a small town. Uh, Makarska was the name of it, somewhere between Split and uh, Dubrovnik. Beautiful little town, um, not so touristy, and it's it's nestled in the Biokovo Mountains, I believe. So on, on one side you had the coastline, and you know, the other side of the town you were surrounded by these spectacular mountains. It was gorgeous. But it was a smaller town, no dedicated vegetarian or vegan restaurants. Yet after over over time you just learn how to approach these things. So we would we went to a pizza place, and we ordered a vegetarian pizza without the cheese. It was delicious, massive big pizza. Um, the, the supermarkets are your best friend in that case because, you know, fruit, vegetables, bread, tea, coffee, crisps, whatever. There's, there's lots of vegan food options just to snack on to keep you going through the day. And in some cases, if you really need to, you know, for dinner, for cooking, rice, beans, pasta, vegetables, potatoes. It's all in every supermarket pretty much everywhere in the world. So Croatia was a perfect example of somewhere where we were warned multiple times, oh, this is not a veggie-friendly veggie place. And in most cases, we either ate like delicious cuisine or just nice, healthy, easy vegetarian food, vegan food. Another prime example of this was New Orleans in Louisiana, the great state of Louisiana in America. I went there last year for Mardi Gras. If anyone doesn't know Mardi Gras, that's Fat Tuesday, sort of like the Rio Carnival or the carnivals you see in Germany and the Netherlands. They also celebrate that in New Orleans. Just huge, crazy, wonderful event full of colour and beads and costumes and parades. Lots of tourists, lots of drinking. It's one of those things. It's great fun. You should do it once in your life. Think of St. Patrick's Day in Ireland or the Oktoberfest in Munich. and You've got Mardi Gras in New Orleans. So we were there for that. I was travelling with three friends. None of them were veggie or omnivore or, you know, they were all meat eaters, whatever you want to call it. And New Orleans and Louisiana, the bayou, has a very famous, you know, cuisine, very world famous food culture. That It's Cajun, it's Creole food. Things like uh, jambalaya, gumbo, po'boys. So many of these like dishes that I heard of are all from this region and they're famous for it. They're world famous for it. And, you know, with good reason. So I was traveling with three meat eaters 
and we were there for a great week of like partying. We were doing all the nice everyday tourist sensible things too, but a lot of drinking, a lot of partying. So I said to the guys before we went on the trip, I'm not going to get in the way. You can go to all the famous places. I'll go along. I don't mind ordering a side salad and chips, you know, French fries, just to be a good sport. Uh, don't let me get in the way of your uh, experience, your food experience. That's the way I tend to do it. I'm not, not too preachy about my veganism. I try not to be. I don't want to be the reason people feel guilty around me at all. The, the adage that you hear is that you'll attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. So if I go all, you know, meat is murder and give them dirty looks while they're eating their chicken sandwich, who no nobody wants that. Where if I'm chill and friendly, it's more receptive, I think. But anyway, back to this. What I found in most cases in New Orleans was I ate wonderful. I had, you know, such a good... Uh, experience if you go to my instagram at stephen amen you'll scroll back down through the, like the new orleans photos that i shared and one of them is all about the food there are 10 photos of some like veggie vegetarian or vegan restaurants where I, they blew my mind and there were others blew my mind in another way as in it was the most meaty traditional southern new orleans food place you know all, there was there was one place which sold um, bacon Bloody Mary, so a big, strong cocktail of Bloody Mary and a stick of bacon in it to just stir it all together. That's the kind of place we were in. And ironically, there I had a lovely lunch. The waitress who was serving us knew exactly what to do, so there were no vegan options. It wasn't that kind of place. But I told her I'm vegan, and she said, all right, if you get a number three and, you know, take number 12 without the cream, whatever... I she built this whole menu thing for me that I had choices and I really enjoyed my meal. I had a bloody mary too without the bacon. So one thing you will if you're going vegan vegetarian if or if you are already you have experienced this you'll realize there's a way of approaching these sorts of trickier restaurants these dining out experiences. You learn how to talk to the staff to waiters and you know if sometimes someone might not know what vegan really means, so you just say, oh, no eggs, no cheese. Um, does this vegetarian option have cheese or d dairy? And then you can help, you can meet them halfway. So quite often they'll know what there is to serve or not. Or in the best cases, they will cook something off menu. I've had a couple of lovely experiences where they get, they have nothing on the menu and they're really sympathetic. Normally this will happen in the more smaller, like family, local-run restaurants. They'll have nothing on the menu, but they, they know food. They can cook. There's a chef in the kitchen with a kitchen full of good produce. And then suddenly I have this off-menu salad or sandwich or meal that is better than anything anyone else has around the table anyway. The funny thing about the trip to New Orleans as well, I ate really well for the most part, as in in vegan terms, I ate really well. I, I ate plenty and there was variety and it was interesting and delicious, but it was a lot of junk food. It wasn't a very healthy trip. We were there for eight days in total. The first four were very much novelty. Like My friend went to IHOP for a pancake breakfast and we went to Taco Bell. There was lots of like, you know, free refills on coffee. So I'd have three or four coffees when I would never do that at home just because I felt it was free. Got a giant root beer in McDonald's for 99 cent that I had half of. Like just the all-American, over-the-top, junky experience. Even as a vegan, that's possible. But the interesting thing was, after four or five days, our bodies, like I felt it. And then certainly I asked my friend and he, he had the very same thing. Our bodies were just, you know, tired and drained and running on empties like when your car has no more petrol in it 
we just I was craving like a green smoothie or a bananas, fruit, oranges, vegetables, salad. I had too much salt and too much caffeine and too much alcohol and it's an interesting thing if you've maybe if you've been to a festival or, you know, just had a bad binging food week, you will um notice that your body starts to just crave what it really needs deep down. It was a nice reminder. So in the last few days, we got to explore a couple of the more veggie-ish restaurants, more healthy places, because both me and my friend agreed that's what we needed. There was this um, smoothie bar, I guess, um, near our hotel where we were staying, the Green Fork, it was called. It was quite expensive, but the it was like $10 for a smoothie, but what was inside was like, you know, pristine, organic, all the best spirulina, acai berries, goji, all the good stuff, all the superfoods. There was one of them called the Hangover Buster, I think, which was the one I got. Surprise, surprise. And it's clear they they know their target market. It's New Orleans. People are here to party. You will need a Hangover Buster. And it it did the trick. It was full of, like, nice, healthy, fresh, vibrant ingredients. And my body was like, yes, please, give me more. I need this, finally. So it just goes to show in places like Croatia and in Louisiana, which... If you ask the nine locals out of ten, their their diet is not very veggie friendly and often sadly not very healthy. Um, as a result, I don't know, that's not for me to say, but correlation, who knows. So there are just a couple of my experiences in places where I was warned that it wouldn't be very easy to eat well as a vegan, and it was very easy to eat well as a vegan. I'm quite spoiled. I work for a short-haul European airline, so I get to do a lot of like European city breaks. And they're great, because like, the likes of London and Berlin are just you know, paradise for vegans. You've got all that stuff that I talked about with the other places. Supermarkets, and you can make any menu veggie if, if needs be. But then like, in London, there's uh, Temple of Satan, which is like vegan KFC. We went to Brighton for a day trip once, I remember, and... For breakfast, we had a full English breakfast, you know, bacon, eggs, quote-unquote eggs, sausage, uh, beans, toast, the whole works. For lunch, we had fish and chips, and for dinner, we had pizza, some of the best pizza I've ever had, Purezza in Brighton, check it out. And all vegan, like vegan fish and chips, it was tofu fish, vegan full English breakfast, vegan pizza, and Brighton is a mecca. It's it's a wonderful, liberal, creative, colourful, small seaside town just near London. Great place to visit. Really recommend that. So in Europe, you're quite spoiled. Berlin was like always ten, like a decade ahead of when I lived in Dublin and now in Amsterdam in terms of their vegan culture. There's, it's, it's ridiculous. But I've travelled off the beaten track as well and had no problem. I ran my ultra in Cyprus that I talked about in the last episode with my friend Mark. We all went over and as far as I know, I was the only veggie. I think most people were like veggie friendly, but I was the only strict vegan on the trip. And we were staying in a small town, you know, away from the cities in Cyprus. It was very local, very uh, not bare or desolate, but just not wasn't busy. It wasn't really metropolitan, let's say. But I was fine. There were supermarkets and I stocked up on everything I needed to bring to the house where we were staying. I had my meals, I had snacks. On the last day of our stay, the day after the ultra, I cooked dinner for everybody. We had vegan burritos and, you know, everybody loved them. It was, They went down really well. So there you go. Even when you're not in, like, a big liberal city, you, you'll still, there's always options. The locals eat and you'll be fine. 
as I said, I work for a short-haul European airline. And as part of my travel, sometimes I have to stay in those airport hotels. And the training academy would be a perfect example of what we would call a nutrition nutrition desert. In an airport, an airport hotel, or the training academy in this case, there is food available, but it's vending machines, or it's, uh, you know, microwaves, and it's snacks, and it's not healthy. Look at the airport, for example. You can get a 8 euro sandwich, or you can get a 5 euro coffee, and there's food, but when, you know you're not. There's nothing fresh. You're not really eating healthy in the airport. In most cases, sometimes you can get lucky. But I've uh, found ways to deal with that as well. Every time I travel uh, for work, we stay in a hotel, and breakfast is typically included. You go to any hotel, continental breakfast buffet. There's some, you know, breads and pastries and croissants. There is meat and eggs and lots of fried stuff. But there's always, you know, cereal and fruits and nuts and a different selection of things as well. So I'll have usually two or three, like, helpings of food because there's so much variety and normally there's something like soy milk on request. So I'll have my muesli with fruit and, and uh, seeds in uh, for the first round. Then I might move on to toast with peanut butter or jam and a coffee. Just fill me up a little bit because, as I said, for the rest of the day, you might not have some great options. So... So in this instance, I make breakfast my big meal of the day because it's free, first of all. It's um, relatively healthy food. You know, it's it's better than what I'm going to get the rest of the day and I make the most of it. And you just, you know, take a, an apple and a banana, take a couple of things with you to munch on through the day. That helps too. So as I said, I may do some grand vegan podcast about how to travel well, giving you all the tips you need, breaking it all down. A kind of go-to listen for people who are hoping to be veggie or vegan and traveling and wondering how to do it. But here I've just shown you a couple of examples in my own personal experience of places that I've been to which may be tricky, may be stumbling blocks if you're trying to be vegan or eat healthy or both when you're traveling. And, and the examples of how I overcame those difficulties and ended up in most cases eating really well. I hope you took something from this. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you have any questions for me, if you want to get in touch, stephenrunsvegan at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram. I have an Instagram for the podcast, stephenrunsvegan. And if it's possible on your apps or on your phone, however you're listening to this, if you can subscribe to the podcast, that would be amazing. If there's any way to leave a review, anything like that at all would be a great help just to boost the show numbers and get it out there a little bit more. But regardless, thank you all very much for listening. This is early days. I'm really enjoying making these and getting the little bit of feedback that I do and the numbers are climbing and climbing gradually, but still, you know, going in the right direction. I'm not doing it just for the numbers. I'm doing it for me and hopefully anybody who can take some good lessons or just some enjoyment out of listening to me blabber into a microphone. I hope you enjoy your day. I hope you're surviving the quarantine. Staying safe, staying isolated. Once again, thank you very much for listening. It is so appreciated. Here, I will love you and leave you. Bye-bye. It's still